Welcome to episode 6 of our podcast, Sage's Retreat, home of all things dad and games related, with current events along with anything else we can think of. My name's Nathan, and this is my co-host Lee. Howdy. And today is the continuation of a series looking in depth at a particular console, with our thoughts and memories of it. Today we are talking about the PlayStation 1, which released in Japan on the 3rd of December 1994, and here in Europe on the 29th of September 1995. So Lee... Tell me about PlayStation 1. PlayStation 1? Um, yeah, great little console. Um, I think it was my first one that had uh, CDs, uh, which was very new to me. I had it probably a couple of years after release. I was at college. And I remember talking uh, talking a lot about the PlayStation 1. And with a friend of mine called Stephen, he had PlayStation 1 as well. And we always used to talk about um, a, a favourite game that was on there, Tekken. In fact, wait a minute. I forgot, didn't I? Ready? So warm. It feels so yeah. warm. The Mega Drive one that we did the other day was like quite aggressive and a little bit more tinny, mm. but that one is like... Mm. Sounds futuristic. It's we- Sounds like my childhood. It's welcoming. It's like, come, mm. come here. <laughs> Let me take you in. <laughs> I love it. I love that one. Uh, yeah, so I used to play a lot. I remember the little controller, tiny little grey controller, mm-hmm. the big two buttons on it. It was very simple. Um, I think it looked. I think it did look. It had a nice futuristic look to it. All the new consoles tend to have sort of a. Mm-hmm. When you get the new console, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Love or hate, especially the two new ones that have come out. They're very interesting, obviously, to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, plenty of debate on which one's the best. Xbox is the best, I think. It looks the best. PlayStation <coughs> 5. No, no, the Xbox looks the best. It's more, it's more practical. I'm not on about tech specs. I'm on about all game library. But just the way it looks, I think the Xbox wins. Uh, yeah, you can you can vape into a PS5, though. You can't vape into a PS5. True, true. It like smokes. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, have been bro- yeah. they have been breaking. Uh, console release mm. without broken consoles isn't a console release, as far as I'm concerned. No. Uh, don't buy straight away. Six months to a year, then get it. Yeah, after everyone's having problems with them too, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're breaking all over the place and breaking. And I'll, uh, I'll leave them to it. So uh, anyone looking at the camera uh, that you can see this, I will say what it is when I lift it up. But this, um, my strongest memories come from this game. Um, in fact, let me take the sleeve out because it'd be easier to see. Uh, strongest memories uh, from this game. I've played a lot of this game. Um, it was a game that you had to I know you have to learn to play every game I get that but this is one where um, the runs that you did on a level were very much always the same so you'd be like I'm I'm here there's going to be something there so what can I do and then you had to figure it out and it was a a big memory thing with this game Um, but I'm going to hold it up now let's see if we get some focus there we go Tenchu Stealth Assassins um I thought that I was like the only one that played it. Um, I won't lie, that sounds ridiculous. But as I'm getting older and seeing people talk about the PlayStation, um, a lot of people played it, which is um, it's brilliant. I'm glad that people had the experience. I had Tenshu. In fact, I bought this. Where did I buy this from? It was secondhand. I think it was from. I think it might have been from like Game or something. Game Station. Might have been Game Station. When that one, I think. Yeah, I used to love Game Station. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but this was eleven ninety nine when I bought this, uh, pre-owned. I don't think it was one of the best eleven ninety nines I've ever 
ever spent. I'd love to play it again, actually. I think I might have to look in to see if that's a possibility. But Tenshu, um, stealth game. You're a ninja. You are killing people, slicing and dicing, and blood. It had everything that you wanted from someone that has half an interest in sort of like old Japanese culture. And Japanese culture in general is um, is fascinating. Um, I haven't been. I do hope to go one day. If I could go to only one place ever, I would just love to have like a month in Japan. That would just I'll 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 go to Skeg and then Japan. I think that would be my my thing. Um, I'm gonna have to do it one day. Um, save some money and actually go out and experience the whole of Japan. I think that would be a that would be my my dream. I don't give a shit. It could be raining all the time, but I would just be like, that's fine by me. Great for great for photos. Um, and Tenshi really brought that what I perceived as that that Japanese aesthetic from looking at the the old like samurai or ninja films. Um it was three D. Um which actually three D is one of my negative points when I think about the PlayStation. But going back to Tenshu, I think it worked really well. You know, to be able to have you had a grappling hawk, you would scale the roofs, you would uh drop down, assassinate people. Um just thinking about it now, it's, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of time yeah. on that game. Complete, I, I believe I completed it. Um, I'm not a completionist when it comes to games, but uh, I believe I completed it. And uh, I'd love to experience a game like Tenshu again. I think there was a couple that came out recently. Was it um, Sekiro? Was it that? And there was another yeah. one as well, wasn't there? I can't remember what it was called now. Uh, but they were on... Ghost one of them Tashima. On, that's it. One of them was on PlayStation, so I'm not going to play that. Not right now, anyway. Um, but the other one, I think you can get it on PC. I might look into my, I might sort of get it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Tenshu would be my number one uh, choice um, in terms of memory and game uh, from from the PlayStation. Well, there's a few other games that I uh, I played a lot of, but Tenshu was different. It was sort of special. Like, I mean, I played a lot of Soul Blade, um, which I've got here. I'm going to have to hold it up. Um, Soul Blade, which a lot of people may think of like Soul Calibur. Hang on, let me get it there. Um, but um, I played a lot of that, and I played a lot of that with other people as well. Um, I think I played that a lot with Karina, um, and we—I still play. We still play Soul Calibur now, the newest one that came out like two years ago. Amazing, in my opinion. I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan, but the fact that you could have weapons. I know you have weapons in mm. Mortal Kombat, but they're they're more of a like a secondary thing. So you'd be punching and yeah. be like, you do a move and you pull a sword out to do a move, whereas opposed to like Soul Blade and then Soul Edge, Soul Calibur, you would have um, a weapon all the time. So you could just pick your favorite weapon if you wanted a sword, or there would be a sword and a shield, or there was a guy with a staff. Um, I think the variety and the range. Um, there was a little bit for everyone. There was a guy that I think had like a big axe, which it, I think you could unlock like a skin for it. Um, and it would be a hammer, so um, there's a, there was a good level of variety. Uh, you could, if you was a little kid, you could just jump and hit and just like cheat your way through it, um, and it'd be very hard to beat to beat that little kid. You and just you just have to give him a little slap and then beat him. Stop repeating that move. But we all did that with games, I think, at some point. Um, Tenshu um, was a game that I. I might be wrong. I'm not going to look it up. But for me, I, I've i heard that Tenshu came out before the 
Metal Gear Solid that came out on PlayStation. You know the first the first one that came out, which was no, it wasn't it wasn't the first Metal Gear, was it? What Metal Gear? Because there was like third, it was yeah, there was two before, but this is the one that mm. kind of hit mass market, didn't it? And got and, yeah. and gained popularity. I played the hell out of that mm. game. That was that game was so good. In fact, that's mm. one of the ones that I have here. A little bit. This was from Game Station as well. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. I'll lift that one up. That was eleven ninety nine as well. That seems like a standard price for second hand games. Uh, but that game was stealthy in the same way that Tenchu was. Um, but obviously, it was more modern day, and it was sort of shooting people, which give it a bit extra. Um, yeah, absolutely. That they are my initial uh, yeah. Initial memories. Also, also mentioned before those discs that had the black on the back. Hmm. They were you, you didn't see discs with the um, the black on the back, did you? As a, as a little uh, yeah. tidbit about that, um, I believe Marilyn Manson in about I think it was 2015. He had um, a new album out and all the CDs. He actually contacted Sony to get all the specs and details about how to create that black on the... Um, yeah. on, and I reckon, I reckon he was a big PlayStation fan. <laughs> so yeah. he was like, I like that. And I can um, I can appreciate I can definitely appreciate that. Um, what about yourself? What was your early uh, PlayStation? Well, I were... I think I were about eight or... No, I would have been about nine or ten uh, when we got it. I think it had been out of maybe a year or two with, or quite early on when we got uh, PlayStation in its lifetime. Yeah. And uh, it were my brother actually got it for his birthday, and I had to go to um, someone else's birthday party that day. I'd been invited. It were a girl that I I knew from school, and it was her birthday. I weren't best friends with her or anything, but my mom made me go, and I didn't want to go because <laughs> I wanted to be able to play on the PlayStation. Of course, and uh, yeah, because I, I, I couldn't be bothered. Um, so I ended up going to this girl's birthday party, tried to get through it as fast as I could. And then come on to sit and play on uh, Crash Bandicoot because that was like first game we got. Uh, I think it was just a demo. I don't think we actually had any games for it. Um, but I can remember my sister, that's about five years younger than me, so she would have been about four or five at the time, uh, was extremely upset when we got the PlayStation because we'd been talking about it for weeks and weeks beforehand, and she had built it up in her mind as something else. She thought the PlayStation was like a jungle gym. <laughs> So she thought we were going to get like a jungle gym with like Tarzan swings and slides on. I and then that. she was like, oh, it's a computer. So she was, so it, she was quite disappointed. She thought it was a that. station to play. Yeah. 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 Like she that. took it literally. So she was, she was not impressed uh, when we opened it and started playing on that. But we had, um, it took a while to get some games for it. I can remember a couple of months later when we actually bought a game because we'd, we'd just get buying magazines and playing demo discs. Just, um, yeah. Just to interrupt, sorry, the. Um... <coughs> the PlayStation demo discs, I think, are what introduced me to demos and games. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that you could buy a magazine, then you would get on it, like, maybe four, five games, and you'd be able to play, like, mm. a level or two levels. Or if it was a, mm. a fighting game, you could pick two two players and you just fight yeah. like that. And I'm like, I think companies are missing a trick. Yeah. Because you would play that and you'd be like, wow. And then you would mm. buy it. But now it's like you buy a game and all you ever see before are, are videos or mm. people talking about them. And yeah, I'd like to see demos. Come. I, I, you do get demos. I do know that. Mm. But they're not as prevalent, are they? 
you don't yeah. see as many. But the fact is that you buy a game now, and if you don't like it, you don't you can't always get a refund for it, depending on where you get it from. Um, which is another odd one. I think if you buy a game and you don't like it, you should, you should be able to get hmm. your refund. Maybe it should be like a 24-hour thing. You should be able to go back yeah. to a retail shop and get a refund. I know you can do it through Steam and in, in different ways, but but yeah, demo discs, I remember. The first experience of Tekken was on a demo, yeah. a demo disc, um, and I think you could be that that Eddie Gordo, was it, who the Capoeira Ooh. fighter, who would just... The cheater. Yeah, ba- yeah basically, if, if you were playing... If you were Playing Tekken with someone and they pick them, you just put the controller down and just go like, "Can you pick a real character, please?" The only character my brother ever picked was Edda, and it used to annoy the hell out of me yeah. for that. I, I used to pick uh, Yoshimitsu. I were always Yoshimitsu or King. King it was the, King, the one uh, that had the weird head. Yeah, that had a tiger mask, or yeah. depending on what his skin were, could be a leopard or whatever. I think it was Law that I picked because I was a big Bruce Lee fan, and he looked like Bruce Lee. Hmm. Uh, mm. uh, but yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's. Uh, I, we'd get all our, our games on demo, and then we'd um, get them copied. So we, because <laughs> you could get them chipped, so a bit legal. Uh, but everybody did it, and police are not going to come for me when I were ten year old doing it. Um, like twenty twenty odd years they, ago, they're going to turn so, up now, though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, that's how we choose our games. Um, We'd get them, get them copied because my dad, my dad knew quite a lot of people that did it. Um, I can remember we'd get like two games for a fiver or something like that. Yeah. Um, so pretty, pretty cheap. So and we'd choose them from it. People had our print art, big list of games that they'd printed out, um, what you could get. So I'd choose them and I'd tick them off, and then my dad would go and get them, and we'd sit playing on them for hours and hours, and it were the one of the best times. Uh, that's one of my happiest memories as being a kid is playing on PlayStation One because um, there were just so many games. Because it were a big leap and all from Mega Drive, like like you said with stealth aspects of Tenship. A lot of Mega Drive games are get to the end of the level as fast as possible, like with Sonic, like run to the end. It's an A and B. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Mega Drive is easily the, the like platform king. You can there's everything is just platformers and it's it's good. It's good for that, but then when it comes to PlayStation, it was um, RPGs or exploration in some way. Um, everything they wanted you to to go somewhere else, not to just rush. With with Tenchu, like you mentioned, on first level, I played that a million billion times because this you could just go in, kill everyone. You could put that little coloured rice down and get people to follow it. I mean, I still I've played it that many times. I can still quote. Um, some of the voice acting that went on in film, I still say it to this day, like to kids, um, some of like funny stuff that they say, and it were I, I love that diverging from the path, like with Metal Gear, like that you're just backtracking and exploring, uh, exploring stuff and looking around and like loads of character development, and then same way Final Fantasy VII, my favourite game for PlayStation. Yes, um, it it you could you could rush to the end if you want. But you would be heavily disadvantaged because you weren't strong enough. But there's just so much other stuff off the beaten track. Go, go here and discover this and find this art, and that's that's just what I loved loved about PlayStation. The fact that you were you could explore, um, and it was just it was just perfect uh, introduction properly to to games to uh, how they would develop um, in the future. In reference to doing this um, video today. 
I had a look on YouTube at some top tens, and I even watched a top one hundred <laughs> PlayStation. Yeah. It was only it only took like ten minutes. It was just a few seconds, a few mm. seconds. That was quite a good one actually. Mm. And I missed the RPG train pretty mm. much the whole of my life actually. Um, yeah. I've, I've dipped my toe in a little bit, but to look at the list, I'm like, oh my god, there's so many RPGs. Mm. These JRPGs, and mm. They looked amazing. They had this, and yeah. they to look at them then. So my gripe, one of my gripes, don't forget what we were talking about, but one of my gripes with the PlayStation was I thought that the 3D graphics weren't very good. Even back then, I would be because it was obviously it was the advent of 3D, wasn't it? It was oh. that that kind of like that wireframe. Everything was like a triangle. Um, yeah, but I, I used to think it looked bad. And there were there were a lot, especially when it released, that yeah. were that were bad triangle polygon. Yes, but I can remember Vamp- Vampire Hunter D that were one that I'd look forward to playing. And if you have a look at some screenshots of that, it's I've, I tried playing it again a few years ago. It's unplayable for the yeah. for the graphic quality. It's just it's terrible. Some were really good, but there were some really bad stinkers that were even Tenchu even Tenchu looks bad. Hmm. Um, I enjoyed it at the time. I just loved the game, but. I still think right now to look at it, it looks bad. So going on to RPG, so one of the biggest sellers uh, on the PlayStation and highly ranked games was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Mm. Um, never played it, heard of it. However, mm. where a lot of RPGs and a lot of games were pushing the 3D aspect, Castlevania Symphony of the Night was 2D. Mm. And its legacy is that it you can still play it now and enjoy it because it looks like a lot of RPGs that come out now that are 2D based. So you can still play it and be like, oh this 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 game could have been released now as a hmm. as a retro pixel it's kind of like indie market sort of sort of game. Hmm. And I I thought that was quite I thought that was quite interesting. Um as a as a, as a as a story to say the 2D even though the 3D market was emerging and there were some really good games on 3D the 2D yeah. was still a powerhouse to be reckoned with and if anything lasted longer i mean you look at the old uh, mega drive games and a lot of the 2D games on there you can still play now and and enjoy and appreciate you know you still have fun with them but a lot of the 3D games that came out afterwards that was supposedly technologically more advanced, uh, newer, more modern. You just can't play them because they're janky as yeah. janky as anything. Uh, mm. But yeah, but yeah, room two D for life. I think. Yeah, Castlevania is one of my favourite uh, ones. I actually played that two weeks ago as well to, to have a little refresher because it'd been it'd been a few years since I played it and that. That still holds up today. I know they they brought out um, probably about eighteen months ago now, Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, and one of the developers from that made that game. Okay, um, and that's that's exactly the same. I, I I enjoyed that one of the most one of the most recent games that I've enjoyed completely. That that was it's just basically slightly upgraded graphics of Castlevania, um, which Symphony of the Night is the best Castlevania for okay. in my eyes. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It's, it's, I think it's it's not one that played until Xbox 360 when it came out on that. I never I never played it as a PlayStation One game. It was um, I always looked at it magazines and stuff like that. But 
it, it never it never cropped up in my childhood for some reason. Mm. I know a lot of my friends liked it, but it, it was Xbox onwards, Xbox 360 onwards, so like 20 year ago ish. There's always games from systems that you miss, and then mm. somebody goes, oh, I remember that game, and you go, No. And they go, What? <laughs> you mm. never played that? And it's like, No. Yeah. Not, not even know what you're on about, whatever. Mm. Um, I think a game that probably most people played, um, a 3D game, would have been. I'm assuming it. I don't think it came out first on this. Would have been um, well. There are two I want to mention, but Tomb Raider. Hmm. Um, I think if you played the original Tomb Raider, I think uh, it was a good experience. Not only was it an amazing sort of action adventure puzzle solving game, but Lara Croft and her triangle boobs have uh, will last a lifetime. I think, and they toned that. They've toned them down now in the new yeah. in the newer one. I think, to be honest, I think the character in the new Tomb Raider games looks fantastic. Uh, I think the 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 modern day uh, Tomb Raider, uh, the image of her, I think, is a lot better than maybe what it used to be. Although I don't think, um, although an, a, one one cast we need to do at some point is um, movies from games. Yeah, uh, that's definitely, definitely one, but I, I do want to mention the Tomb Raider movies, which although I don't, they might not hold up as well as what we remember them. I thoroughly enjoyed Tomb Raider with uh, Angelina yeah. Jolie. I think her as a Tomb Raider, uh, as Lara yeah. Croft, I think they, I'm not entirely sure they could have picked a better actress to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's got the right sass, the right sort of face, they've got a good figure for it. Um, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. But a game which I know that you'll you'll love. Um, which I played a lot of, I didn't complete it, was Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Um, my uh, my wife has a great story about that, where we were sitting in my bedroom at the time, when I was at mum's, I was sitting there, and I had, you remember those, um, they were very popular in the 90s, I don't really see them very often anymore, like a fold-up chair, a metal frame with a plastic mm. back and a plastic seat. So a, yeah. lot, a lot of kids had them because they were easy to put away in a corner mm. or and then just fold out when you needed them. Yeah. So I'm sitting on one of these chairs. I wouldn't say that I'm a jumpy person. Mm. No, I, I definitely wouldn't say that, but I'm sitting on this chair. And Resident Evil was, you know, part of it was being scared, I guess, playing it. Mm. All that tentative, do I go down the corridor? <laughs> What's down there? So anyway, yeah. I'm going down this. You might know the scene when I... Uh, when I explain it, but I'm going down this. It was fairly dark corridor. Now mm. I'm walking towards the camera because it was a. It had that weird like tank track kind of yeah. movement, which oh, I hated. Um, mm. I'm walking down this corridor, and as as I look at the, the TV, there was a door on the left. On the right, there was a row of windows, mm. and at one point, these arms came through these windows, broke the glass, a massive crashing sound. I absolutely shit myself. Hmm. I lifted off my chair. I then sat back down on the chair. Unfortunately, I broke the chair. And it's a story which um, is never going to go away. It's, yeah. It scared me. I was I jumped. Hmm. I was like, yeah, I was fine afterwards, but it just made me jump. And I like jumped hmm. in my chair. Not high, I just but the weight of just coming back down on that chair had broken mm. my beloved red. It was a red plastic chair. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, Resident Evil Two absolutely uh, amazing game. Its legacy is as laid on. You you really like the Resident Evil games, is that correct? Yeah, I've uh, I, I, every time a remake's come out, me and my mate who loved them when he was a kid as well. We we on the day of release, we usually will stay up all night and finish it again because I've played them a million times. Because I, Resident Evil One, I played to death, and then I loved it that much that I knew from one at gaming magazines that Resident Evil Two demo were gonna appear on the front of the magazine. So the the day that that came out, I can remember rushing to shops to buy it, to play the demo. I can't remember how long it were. It might be, I think it was 30 minutes that you got um, at the beginning of Resident Evil 2. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it, it, I would play that over and over and over again until the game came out and I got the game. Um, trying to trying to get as far as I can. And I, years and years later, I spoke to my mate that I weren't friends with as a child and he had done the exact same thing. <laughs> that's that's him who would play Resident Evil Wii. And uh, he he didn't know, this is a, a story that I take piss out of him a little bit for, he had Resident Evil for like number two for two years and he finished it, knew it inside and out and then he borrowed it to his cousin and then his cousin played it and he went round to his cousins to like help him out with it and he didn't realise that if you put the other disc in, you could play as Leon or Claire. Right. Because you depending on which disc you put in, was like the Leon disc or the Claire disc. He thought that you could just play as Claire. So for two years he played just as Claire, but never as Leon. So it was like a it was like a whole new game for him to play. That's great. I think that's great. Yeah, he's he's like discovering a game that you love all again, and you could from a different perspective. So he was happy about that. And it's like on a, on on with scary games. Um, I don't know if you ever played Silent Hill. So I um, believe that we owned it, hmm. but. Um, I don't think we played it a lot. I think mm. because it was early on when we had the PlayStation, the PlayStation One. I think not mm. long after that, we had our uh, daughter. So I think we kind of a lot of the, mm. a lot of the games we sort of did miss out on. And I believe that we, I'm pretty sure we did own Silent Hill, but yeah. I think that we only played a little bit of it. I think a bit of it. I remember that... it being foggy. Yeah, some of it was foggy. Um, yeah. But yeah, that probably that, that probably set, that's, that probably scared me enough to not play it anymore. To be fair, yeah, that is the one game that I actually shat myself on. It I was that scared because it were that like that fogginess all around, so you didn't know what were happening. You had an old broken radio on you that um, it made like an horrible sort of ringing, like an old phone sort of ringing noise when there were enemies near. Right, um, and I, I that was the atmosphere was perfect on that. And I used to I used to steal textbooks from school, you know, like the old. Um, lined paper, like the blue or green or red, what you put your name on. Yeah, and I'd call, I'd call them the game. So I had a specific blue one that were Silent Hill, and because there were that many puzzles in it, um, I'd have to write them down. There were one puzzle where you had to, I spent weeks and weeks trying to figure it out. You had to play a piano in a certain order, like the keys on a piano, oh. and it took ages of me working out trial and error. Um, I think that's where I've got the um, like perfectionist runs from where I put them when I play in a game now and I have to do everything it's because of Silent Hill and Resident Evil 1 I had a book for that I'd write down all um, you know like where all medals went where you had to put them in all statues yes. and, and stuff like that and where you get a key from so that I'd remember all this so that I could become better or work out what we're doing I did I did that with Alundra as well because that, that's another another puzzle game I, I don't know if we spoke about it in the last podcast we did it was it was brought up yes Alundra yeah yeah and I, I got stuck on that one for ages on a puzzle there, but that's that's the same way what you were saying about um, 
2D games looking better for PlayStation. They, they do. The, the 3D graphics on on most of, uh, most of PlayStation, especially early years, are not very good. But the, the 2D ones hold up, like Castlevania or Lundra or Blood Omen or Chrono Trigger. Um, they, they're still, they're still very, very playable. Thank you. Today. I mean, also, they with the 2D games, they took the advanced hardware and made mm. the 2D experience better. You know, because mm. I mean, you, you obviously could only do so much with a 16-bit game, but going over to PlayStation, I mean, a developer saying, "Ah, oh, we're just going to make a 2D game again, but we've got so much more power. Special effects yeah. were better. It just ran better. There was more content for it. The music, of course, would have been better because it was all CD-based. And I think that was a big difference with the uh, the PlayStation as well, wasn't it? The fact that I know there'd been CD-based stuff." Before, but it hadn't been a big mainstream console that was as successful uh, in the way that the PlayStation One, um, PlayStation One was. Um, I wanted to mention uh, the joypad, also uh, peripherals that you could get for it. Um, the joypad was small. If you think of the PlayStation joypad now, not necessarily PlayStation Five, but you know the PlayStation joypad that we all know um, as being. You know, in slightly inferior, obviously, to the Mega, the, the Microsoft Mega Drive, <laughs> to the um, to the Microsoft uh, GamePad, in my opinion. But you know, you had the um, the grips on it. You had the it, gave, it brought you all the extra buttons, but it didn't have the analogs, did it? The initial one. No, that that came later. Yeah, that's right. And it had, a, had an actual button that you could press to switch it over to analog, which yeah. I always found a bit bit strange. I don't think I ever used it. I don't. I think yeah. I never found a proper use for that. But um, because 3D games are in 3D space, um, the analogs enable you to walk around in that space a lot a lot easier, hmm. don't they? Um, yeah. So I'm, I do like arcade shooters, whether it was an old school Operation Wolf. Um, I don't even remember that when you had an Uzi hmm. and you'd be yeah. like, and it would like vibrate un- uncontrollably. Yeah. Um, but for the uh, PlayStation, I remember there being a. Uh, now I'm not talking about Time Crisis. Um, I do believe that came out on PlayStation. I'm talking about the Die Hard yeah. game, which came out. Yeah, and. Yeah. I don't know if you got the gun with it or it was an extra uh, peripheral that you bought to enhance the game because you could play it with a joypad. But I had yeah. a grey um, pistol. Black gun. Uh, yes. Yeah, I had one of those. Yes, and it had yeah. like two wires coming off it. One was mm. plugged into the back and one was plugged into... The, it was like there was an interface on the back. Mm. And then one was plugged into the front as a, the joypad. And you would, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was a great game. Mm. Um, yeah. I know there was obviously uh, the Menacer and Superscope for 16-bit gaming, but with the enhanced graphics and audio and being a big Die Hard fan and being able to play a Die Hard game with that peripheral for me was was amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure there was other peripherals for it. I haven't uh, haven't dug into them, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was a dance mat somewhere along the way. There were a dance mat. There was a dance mat. um, And I'm sure that we... I feel like I should have looked into this a bit more, but I'm quite sure there was plenty of this. But this is obviously from our our, uh, our point of view. Yeah, absolutely loved uh, the Die Hard game. Have you got any any tidbits about the um, origins of the PlayStation? Because I I found a little little snippet that I thought would be interesting to mention. No, no, go on. So, So, originally, Sony were in business with Nintendo to create a new console. 
It was going oh, to be yeah. like an add-on. So the PlayStation was originally looking at being a CD add-on for the SNES. Um, and it would have been under the Nintendo banner um, with, with Sony, but they fell out. It's a big, long story to this. Very interesting. I very much recommend that you YouTube this and look into it about the origins of the PlayStation console and the fact that right now, if it had carried on the way um, history could have had it, is that we wouldn't have a Nintendo and a Sony. We, they would be somehow one. Um, for the good or bad, I'm going to say bad. I like the fact that they're different. Um, yeah. Nintendo basically ended up uh, dropping out of it because Sony were being a bit greedy with the rights, distribution rights cool. and licensing. Uh, yeah, they dropped out of it, which is probably a good thing. Um, they also believed that Sony weren't capable of creating a, a console. They had no idea about the gaming market. They wouldn't know what they were doing. And ultimately, they would drag Nintendo down with them in their failure. Oh. Um, but I'm pleased that they uh, I'm pleased that they didn't go ahead. I think it's yeah. I think it benefits us all that there's um, I want to say currently four platforms for gaming. I think it's a little bit for everyone, whether you're a Microsoft fanboy, Sony fanboy, or you just like the, the easiness of Switch, or you're a, you're part of the PC. Won't definitely will not say Master Race because I think that's a very bad thing. I would never say that, but unless you like playing on on PC, um, yeah. I think I think it's good that we have that. We have that range. Um, mm. Funnily, did you ever remember the um, Mega Drive, which was built into a PC? Have you ever seen oh, that? No. You, that's another. No. That's another mix-up. That is. So there was a, yeah. a dedicated PC, um, very expensive, and in it, it had a Mega Drive. Like a, it was like it's like a slot that you could put the cartridge in and play Mega Drive games. Hmm. Just another random combo um, that, hmm. that didn't last. Uh, but now we obviously emulate games if we if we own them, of course, because if you don't own them, you're not allowed to emulate games. Listen to me, children. Yeah. That's the way to do it. And that's the way to yeah. to uh, stay on the right side of the law. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's I think um, that's pretty much my PlayStation uh, experience um, hmm. from the PlayStation. Funnily enough, I didn't play any Mortal Kombat games on the PlayStation. I was just thinking about it just then. Hmm. Popped into my head. Played them on the PlayStation Two, which we'll talk about another time. Uh, but I didn't play any. I did play Street Fighter, but the Street Fighter that I played on the PlayStation was just a a port over from 16-bit. So it was like yeah. you can play um, Street Fighter, the bigger drive version, cool. on your PlayStation, which didn't really do much. But if if you just wanted the experience of it, it was obviously there. Cool. But um, yeah, I don't even remember when I. I think I stopped playing the PlayStation when the PlayStation 2 came out. Hmm. I think that was my my sort of changeover. I do still have my PlayStation. It's hmm. somewhere in my bedroom. And as far as hmm. I'm aware, it still works. Yeah. I think that is something I'm going to need to test. But as far as, yeah. as, far as I'm aware, it still works. And you still have yours as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. After all these, all these years. I think they were... They were built to last PlayStation because I know some older consoles. Um, they've got a little battery, like a watch battery inside, you know, that keeps the the time. Um, yeah. So that, so that it doesn't get confused. And once they run out, you can't you can't replace them or remove them. It just basically bricks console. But the the PlayStation still still seems to be going strong. Um, I, I, I've got a friend who um, 
I gave him some spare wires about a year ago because um, he'd got his PlayStation out and his had broke um, while it were wherever it were in loft. Yeah. Um, but he just had to replace the the little runner, um, you know, for the laser, and then okay. it works. So he's, that that was it, and I think that that was his fault. I think he dropped it or it was stored incorrectly. But yeah. mine still works fine. Um, it's even it's even chipped as well still. So oh, is it really? Without that, yeah, I've I've got a few chip games left. I had I had hundreds at the time. Um, but when I moved out, uh, my mum moved everything into garage that was mine, uh, including an N sixty four with quite a few games and a Dreamcast. And the chips games got wet, so they no longer worked. And she gave the N sixty four and the Dreamcast to my uncle, which sold them at a car boot for twenty pound each. And I, I'll still never let her forget that she did that when I would have. I wanted them, and they were for a lot more now than they would be for twenty pound. But that's that's the story for another day. I think we've all got one of those stories. Mm. Mine would be: um, I had a very large collection of uh, magazines, Mega Drive magazines, and yeah. my mum was like, "We got loads of them. Do you want to chuck any away?" So I kept about five, and the rest went in the bin. Mm. And even saying it now, it makes me feel a bit sad. Like, yeah. I would have room, I would make room for that stack mm. of magazines to be able to just sort of have a look at them. I think luckily most of them have been archived or on- online. You can sort of mm. find them, but it's not quite the same, is it? I think... I st- I've still got under under my bed um, a load of PlayStation magazines. And uh, can you remember the piggyback strategy guides that they used to sell piggyback. along with games? Yeah, they were called, the, the publisher or whatever was piggyback. I don't remember. Um, the Oh, they they do. You'd see them in game next to the game, like paying extra fifteen quid or whatever it was yeah. for the strategy guide. I used to collect them as well, and I've still got quite a lot left, um, including one which was a bit of a rip off because we didn't have the internet when I was a kid. Okay. Um, and the Final Fantasy Nine one came the the strategy guide that I got with that. Every time it'd tell you to do something, it'd say use this URL and look at it on the website. So it was basically just links yeah. to a website rather than rather than an actual strategy guide, but I've still, I've still got them. I've even got some... Can you remember the little free strategy guides you'd get um, on the front of magazines? Like, it's all little separate book. Yeah. I've got, I've got quite a few of them. I've got Final Fantasy Seven one, Final Fantasy Nine one, um, and what's the other one? Oh, oh, I've got a Fable from 360, still. Oh. Um, strategy guide. Just ju- yes, Still got a lot, no, lot no, of stuff. That's good. Just jumping on the piggyback website just to see if I can refresh your memory. I don't remember the piggyback mm. at all. I think there was another one that I remember. Mm. Um, but they've actually got a guide for Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Although I don't think it's actually out yet, so I don't know how, what they're doing about that. Yeah. Maybe they're hoping somebody will complete it so they can write a guide. I imagine yeah. it would take a long yeah. time to do a guide, to be fair. Mm. Um, you'd have to like 100% it and uh, really dig... You'd have to go proper deep, mm. wouldn't you, to uh, to to make a well, they, to make a guide out of it? They they actually work with developers, so a lot of times in them piggyback um, strategy guides, there was the wrong information, but only because the developer had then taken something out of a game, or it was translated wrong. I know they were um, Final Fantasy Nine. Famously, there's a quest that only got discovered in in English speaking countries uh, like two years ago. Uh, because the strategy guide translated it wrong in English, but the Japanese one, it's well it's well known, but nobody ever thought that those two sort of things didn't marry up. Nobody nobody must have spoke about it, which which is a bit strange. But yeah. 
so so even now, uh, like twenty years later, people are still finding things out about PlayStation games, like that deviation from the path um, aspect to it, where they, they they didn't know that they were a thing. They like that the little Easter eggs or the the side quests that you didn't know were there. I wonder if there's an Easter egg which no one has found. Hmm. There has to be. I bet. I bet you there's a lot. Yeah. There has to be. I wonder if there's a significant Easter egg though. Somewhere where someone was like developing the game and they just like they just said, Can I just do this? Can I put this in? This will be really fun and someone had said yeah. And they'd done it and I wonder if they'd like never I mean they're obviously mm. rare Easter eggs, aren't they? But I wonder if there's one that are proper still hidden. I bet there is. Mm. I like to think that it's a romantic vision mm. of gaming. I'd like I like to think that there is. Uh, yes. definitely. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear more from us. I've been Nathan. And I've been Lee. Thanks for popping by. Um, Remember to check us out on Spotify and also Google Podcasts. Uh, We are there for you to, to listen to. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Bye.